All right. What's up, guys? Welcome back, everybody, to the Gutex Show. I'm here. This is Gutex. I'm here with... Hold on a second, Gutex. Uh, before we get started, I would like to uh, have a moment of silence for a friend of mine, friend of ours, that recently passed away, uh, John Flash Gordon. Uh, condolences go out to everybody involved. A lot of people knew him. So, uh, you know, just wanted to definitely shine a little bit of light on that. So I actually want to have a, a moment of silence. Awesome. Yeah, for uh, for those that don't know, um, one of the FGC OGs, Flash Gordon, uh, unexpectedly passed away this weekend. So our um, you know our thoughts and love are uh, you know definitely sent out to his friends and family and yeah. and everybody who knew him. You know, I I didn't I didn't know him very well, but. Um, you know, he was always cool to me uh, when I was just a, a young, yeah, a young, young FGC kid on the come up. You know, yeah, um, yeah. But he was always cool to me. Real supportive person. You know, if he if he had any knowledge about any of the games that you played or anything, he would always kind of, you know, share whatever he could or just sometimes you know he'd give you his his opinion. He's feedback. He's like, he never pulled any punches on that. So uh, without getting too far into it, yeah, really great guy. Really sad news. Um, you know, everybody make sure they stay safe out there. Um, just that's that's all I got. But uh, let's move on. I don't, I don't want to kind of hold things up or drag things down too much. Um, what what do we have for today, Gutex? I mean, it's interesting that I'm even here for the third episode when technically I don't even think I was really supposed to be on the first episode. But uh, well, that's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Here I mean, we. Hey. And, and here we are. So episode here, three. Here we are again. Yes. Episode three uh, sp- uh, brought to you by our sponsor, Clown World Dating. Oh, so we have new uh, support, new sponsorships on here? Yes. Okay. Clown World Dating, the dating site for non-NPCs. That sounds like me. <laughs> if you support free thinkers getting together, then then sign up. At clownworlddating.com. Is is it free to sign up? I I think it is free to sign up. Mm-hmm. Um there's probably it's probably like all these other dating sites that kind of use like a freemium model. Right. Like um you can kind of sign up and browse and then when you actually want to talk to somebody, it's gonna cost you. Yeah. But uh Clown World Dating is a one man operation. So um, I don't think that, uh, well, number one, I mean, to even consider going to a site called clown world dating, it already filters out in order to meet somebody. It already filters out so many people. Uh, I agree. I think that there's a level of commitment that when you get involved in something, if it's called like clown world, like you, you want to be there. Yeah, I mean, like, if the words clown world don't mean anything to you, then it's not the site for you. But if it does, hmm. it's probably a good... Do, do you know something that I don't know, Gutex, about clown world or something like... I mean, usually you're the guy that's like, you know... Clown world? We just live in fucking clown world. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. 
I like it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so it's Blow Up Tuesday. Is that what? <laughs> yeah, for a little while longer, right? Depending yeah. on what coast you're on. And uh, I didn't get any leads on our topic last last week. Um, I think what we actually need is like a wanted poster of, um, you know, that just says wanted reward. 500 XRP. <laughs> right. For information, for or, information or capture of uh, of whoever the dude was that um that girl they got roasted that at got the, roasted at the, at the gym. gym. But I tell you what, since then there have been some pretty good uh, tweets. Yeah, absolutely parody tweets. Um, I I, I look at it as almost being like uh, all like good fun, you know, like yeah, people going out there and having like very similar real world situations with completely different outcomes. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think that it wasn't necessarily that anybody went out there with the intention of like, you know, whatever. It was more just like, especially now after that happens, like I can't imagine you not being a person that's involved in uh, the fighting game community. It wouldn't kind of think to yourself like, wow, do I really want to, how do I ha- want to handle this situation after being approached by somebody in public like that? Yeah, I'm sure that applies to like the... um all the wi- yeah, all the the um, staggering amounts of women in the FGC. <laughs> I mean, it's growing. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you know, sure. De- depend- <laughs> I mean, yeah. depending on how long you've been around, there like there was a time where there wasn't really any at all, besides like maybe somebody's mom, <laughs> you know. So yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. No, I mean it, it's true. It's a it's a growing segment of. Of the FGC and gaming in general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. What else has been going on? The. um, hmm. I I find it interesting that you're kind of ignoring the the elephant in the room. What's the elephant in the room? Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but. There is a little lawsuit happening right now between the United States government and two uh, civilians. Uh, one is Brad Garlinghouse. The other big, one is big money, bre- big big money, big brain. Brad, Brad Garlinghouse. Garlinghouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and uh, I believe his name is Chris Larson, right? The other guy. Yeah, I don't have a name for him, but Big Money Brad, um, the CEO, the current CEO of Ripple are currently embattled in a long running. I mean, it's been 10 months now that this lawsuit has been going on. Well, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm pretty sure 99.9% of people have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. So have there been any new developments or do we just need to get them up to speed? Um, I mean, I would say that probably the most recent thing was the, the news that kind of broke earlier this morning where he kind of made that comment regarding, um, you know, the whole situation where he's just kind of like looking for everything to be resolved without at the same time backing down and saying that he's not gonna, he's not going to go quietly into the night or whatever the quote is from Independence Day. All right. Okay. Well, then I guess we got to give people. <sighs> we're going to get we're going to get are, people. Are, are we to... a little ahead of this? Gutex? Is, is it not time no, to have I this don't conversation? Care. No, I don't care. Look at I know what's up. You know what's up. 
other people who hold XRP know what's up, which is probably like 0.001% of the planet right now. Sure. So, you know, I don't know why people listen. I haven't even looked at the numbers because I frankly don't even care. So I don't know how many people listen. I'm assuming it's more than one, but less than a grip. <laughs> you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I'm just going to assume that anybody listening to this, to, to this podcast really has no idea what we're talking about up until this point. So I'm going to give you the, you know, I guess the cliff notes, yeah, version the cliff of it? notes version. Yeah. Uh, and feel free to correct me or fill in any gaps that I, any, any gaps in information. Yeah. I, I think maybe the easiest way of kind of framing it would be to explain the court case itself, as opposed to like trying to get into any, like nobody, not that they are not interested in the history, but ultimately I guess people can kind of go look into this information all on their own. Um, my main thing was just kind of like, they could, but they're not going to. That's why they... They came to you, Gutex? Yes. Okay, fine. Yeah. Far be if, I'm not going to get in the way of uh, you taking us way in, in the way back machine. Well, we don't have to go that far back. We just need to go back to December 22nd, 2020. About 10 months ago. Um, there was a tweet made by an American cross-border payments company called Ripple where they announced that they were being sued by the Secur the Securities and Exchange Commission uh which is the, the SEC which is basically the organ you know the government bureaucracy that handles the regulation of securities like stocks, bonds, etc. Right. Um you may have for those that have been um, that are familiar with everything that happened earlier uh, this year, like January, February, everything with uh, Wall Street Bets uh, on Reddit, as well as the AMC and GameStop stock fiasco is probably the, the, the thing that you're most familiar um, with the SEC about. But we're going to give you a quick trip down memory lane and get you up to speed on what I would consider the trial of the century if it actually goes to court because they you know might get they might settle they might not right but anyways um they ripple announced december 22nd that they were being sued by the sec for selling unregistered securities and not only is the sec suing ripple the san francisco-based company but they're also suing uh the ceo uh big money Big brains, Brad <laughs> big brain, Brad Garlinghouse. Big brain, big brain, Brad Garlinghouse, as we like. It's to a call tongue him. twister, a little bit. Right? Yeah, I know. Sorry, so it's fine. <laughs> and uh, I, I think I think Chris Larson is one of the founders. I forget. Anyways, these guys, you know, they're a big deal, and it's interesting to sue the the company as well as sue two of the executives, especially when there's no allegations of fraud. So they filed, the SEC filed this lawsuit uh, December 22nd, uh, accusing Ripple of selling unregistered securities by the former um, SEC chairman, which is a man uh, named Jay Clayton, who then the following day 
left the SEC. He quit. Well, he, he quit. was done. He was done. He was done. And so you might be asking yourself, well, why is this important? Who fucking cares? And Gutex is crazy and all he talks about is, right? Yeah. Everything I talk about is crazy. And this is one of them, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so for those unfamiliar, Ripple is a cross-border payments company that uses the cryptocurrency XRP to facilitate their transactions. Because for those unaware, XRP allows you is, is, is a cryptocurrency that allows you to do cross-border payments that settle within three seconds that cost that generally costs less than a penny to send. So does that mean that I can order my uh, anime and hentai for a lot cheaper in terms of like having to pay from US dollar to Japanese yen? Um, yeah, I guess if there were anime and hentai sellers that were accepting XRP, then yes, absolutely. Because, and you know, again, people might be like, Oh, who fucking cares? Why does any of this matter? And it matters because if you've ever tried to send a payment internationally, like I have, through, like through PayPal, right? I have. It costs a lot of money to send a very good friend of mine money for doing me a favor and sending me some merchandise back. And How it does costs it work? a grip. Well, I basically what do you use PayPal. I, yeah, I use PayPal. And long story short, I tell him what I want. He orders it. They mail it to his house, and then he mails it to me. So he's and, like a hentai forwarder. Correct. He's my distributor. Mm-hmm. So I uh, send him the, the, the cash via uh, PayPal, and obviously they take their percentage, and then he gets whatever you know the amount is. So, But you're kind of getting hit two ways, right? Because right. number one, you're getting hit by a PayPal fee, which yep. is you know pretty standard unless you're sending you know like via friends and family. Mm-hmm. But even if you are, there still has to be the conversion, right? right? Correct. The conversion of... USD to the yen. Right. And then maybe, I don't know, PayPal tax on an uh, extra fee or it'll be like a... It it ends up being significantly more than what you're actually trying to send. Like how much more? Um, And it's funny because now, like, looking at the whole situation, when you look at like cryptocurrencies and how that can be a little crazy in terms of like the transaction fees, um, it, it tends to be like almost $10 sometimes. $10 on what? A $10,000 transaction? No, for for like, let's say if you're sending, uh, we'll say like a hundred dollars American and switching it to so yen. like a ten percent tax yeah, right, on correct. the transaction, right? And that's not taking into consideration, let's say, how long it might actually take to hit his bank account, right? Right. I mean, at that point, I, I would assume that it lays pending for a while, and it is interesting because like the 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 amount that they charge me is never the same. It's always like a it's almost like how Depending they on what day R- or what time. R- they got some RNG to determine. Yes, exactly. How, yeah. yeah. Like sometimes it's like, oh, that's not so bad. And then sometimes I'm like, wow. Why am I really? doing this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do I really want this hentai? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> the answer, short answer is yes. I've always paid for it. But I'm, it's just funny to me that, you know, it, it fluctuates like that. So <clears throat> XRP, the cryptocurrency that Ripple has built its business around, essentially solves this issue because, number one, you're not paying 10% in fees. And number two, it's not taking days or however long it would take. Because even if people think like, oh, well, PayPal is instant. Who cares? Even if that's true, it still is going to take time 
to go from your PayPal account to your bank account. Right. So it's not exactly like a liquid transaction where like once it goes through, it's done. Right. Uh, so instead, um, XRP solves all of this. And that's, I seems like that's why the, that's why the SEC is after um, Ripple. Because the allegations are that Ripple is selling an unregistered security, meaning that if you're sell if you're raising money for your company through like selling shares publicly, like let's say, you know you can't like if you want to go if you have a company and you want to take it public on the New York Stock Exchange, you can't just like go you can't just fill out a form and then all of a sudden like your shit you can't on just the- register for the tournament on the day of the <laughs> at the day of the event exactly gotcha. like there's qualification you know yeah there's qualifiers right and so the the entire argument is that XRP is an unregistered security even though in basically every country outside of america it's considered a currency Mm. and even though other u.s governmental agencies have um classified it as a virtual currency and so the sec has taken it upon themselves after years and years so like more than five years more than five years i think it was like eight years Oh, wow. Okay. I think it's been eight years that Ripple, the company, has been trying to get what's called regulatory clarity from the SEC about the XRP token. So I have, I have a question. Has, is, is the SEC the only uh, government agency that can have an ability to classify what XRP is? And that's also where... Some of the debate lies because there's also the CFTC, or sorry, the um, yeah, the CFTC. Isn't that what it's called? I I would have to verify, check it. Well, there's the currency of the comptroller, the office of the currency of the comptroller. There's the CFTC, which I think is the. I know I'm fucking it up. I know there's other organ. I know because remember there's that Twitter battle, right? You know. Um, I think it's the CFTC. I forget what that stands for. But basically, like, one of the heads of the CFTC and one of the heads of the SEC are kind of like, the guy from the CFTC is like, hey, like, this is our our territory. You know? Get out of here. Um, So there's them. There's the CFTC, the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency. And then there's also the DOJ. The the DOJ Department of Justice released a report years ago talking about how you know some cryptos are used for money laundering and blah 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 danger blah 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 stay away from it you know something 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 Bitcoin Ethereum right uh, just to kind of in, uh, interject there for a moment uh, it's actually called the Commodity Futures Trading Commission the C- okay yeah so Commodity basically the people that monitor like gold silver commission yeah. um you know precious Basically, precious metals and anything else that you sell, like oil, shit like that, right? Yeah. I would assume? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay. So, and honestly, that sounds like a lot of crossover right there in and of itself, right? Right. Because, you know, we're still in, crypto is still in such an infancy um, stage that there is debate as to whether or not it's a currency, whether or not it's a digital, whether or not it's a currency, is it a commodity, is it a security, or is it a whole new asset class? Which is probably why you have different government agencies trying to regulate it 
in order to quote unquote protect investors uh or um continue to justify their bloated bureaucratic existence right um so uh where were we so there's competing organizations trying to regulate crypto they've been the ripple has so so the xr uh xrp the token it's been around since 2012 so we're going on almost a decade they've been dealing trying to get regulatory clarity from the sec for the past like eight years or so they've never given any sort of firm answer one way or the other but ripple has made a an, a tremendous effort over the years to um try to be open and transparent with the sec about what they're doing only to finally get slapped with a lawsuit three days before Christmas last year as former SEC chairman Jay Clayton walks out the door. Now, why does this matter? Well, it matters, number one, if you're hold if you're an XRP holder, like I happen to be. I remember that day. I I'll remember forever because uh XRP at the time was trading around, uh, it was like above like 50, 55 cents. Almost 70 cents. It might have been. I don't know. All I know is there was a huge dip. So I bought the dip and then I found out about the lawsuit and I'm like, oh, well, that explains a lot. Right. Um, but because of my research and everything that I knew about XRP, you know, I didn't do what most, what many people did, which was sell their XRP bags, probably at a loss because they because they got paper hands and can't handle a little bit of volatility. But because of my belief in XRP and Ripple, I was like, well, <laughs> it's going to take a lot more than that for me to sell. So I just kept holding and accumulating more, you know, between. December and you know now today today yeah uh and since then you know there's definitely been dips i mean i think at that point it got as low i remember having conversations on new year's eve at this new year's eve party about um telling <laughs> you know trying to convince my friend that xrp was a deal because they were five for a dollar and in in uh, by comparison i think at that time I don't know what Bitcoin was at, but it was at tens of thousands of dollars back then. It was probably, man, I don't know, $20,000. Now, today, it hit its all-time all time high, 64000 you know, whatever, 64000 something and change, right? Right. And so now you might be asking, well, like, what is so... I think a lot of people might still be wondering, like, if they're even still listening at this point, like, what is Gutex even fucking talking about and why? Well, the reason why... I'm talking about this XRP, uh, this uh, SEC Ripple lawsuit is because I consider it to be probably the most important. If it ends up going to court, it'll be the trial of the century. This would probably end up being the most important um, court case since the OJ trial. Wow. Except this is going to be way bigger because it's going to basically determine whether or not America is a leader in the new the new world the new financial system or whether we're going to be lagging behind 
I mean, essentially the rest of the world because uh, depending on how, on the outcome of this case, either XRP will be determined to be a security um, or it won't be. And, or there's a third option, which is where the case gets dropped and there is no, they pay a fine or they settle or whatever. And that's it. Right. Uh, no, no, the, the, there's a scenario where the SEC drops the case and there's no regulatory clarity mm. and then sues them again later. You can't do that. I don't think you can do that. You can't sue them again for the same thing. So maybe that's why they, they they'll separate. find something else to sue. I guess you're right. They'll trust me. They'll find something else to sue them for. But the reason why it's important is because there's banks around the world, financial institutions around the world. You got SBI, which is one of the major banks in Japan. You have the Kingdom of Bhutan, which is a country using it for their CBDC, their central bank digital currency. You have uh, Ripple being a partner of the Digital Pound Foundation, which is not a pro wrestling tag team. It's a British organization that is, I guess, working on the digital British pound. So so just to kind of clarify there, we're talking about a situation where the money in the United Kingdom will be completely and totally digital and will probably be associated with some kind of a ledger that tracks everything in terms of like transactions yeah, but or whatever the case may be. Yeah, but it's not just going to be the UK. It's basically going to be every single country eventually. Understood. But as of right now, I feel like I read some Coindesk article that was talking about how like there's like 110 countries that are currently developing their CBDC plans. And that includes America. Uh, because, you know, there's other... Um, there's other distributed ledger technology projects such as Hedera Hashgraph that are working with the Federal Reserve to, you know, build out the digital U.S. dollar. Right. And so the reason why all this is important is because outside of the U.S., which is, I guess, like 80% of Ripple's customers, I guess, are outside of the U.S., um, all the American companies that could be using it are kind of like on the fence generally, except for, I think it's like Bank of America, which I, right. which, which is a, a ripple Which I partner. think they also had their deal in place before all of this happened. They oh, just 100%. decided not to, like, they just put it on ice, anything, I would say. Yeah. And the reason why all of this is important is because if XRP ends up being the standard that financial institutions use that would mean that you have all these big institutions needing to buy up however much xrp they need in order to facilitate their transactions because um what makes it so important is that xrp doesn't take days to settle like if you've ever done or it doesn't even take like hours. It settles in three seconds. Now, if you've ever done, and most people probably have not done a Bitcoin transaction where, mm -hmm. and I don't mean like buying Bitcoin on Coinbase. I mean, sending your Bitcoin from a wallet you control to somebody else's wallet that they, that they control outside of a centralized exchange like Coinbase or Binance or whatever. 
nor have they done a transaction with Ethereum, which may have faster transaction times than Bitcoin, but has much, much higher what's called gas fees. You know, like, for example, um, you know, if you got to mint an NFT on Ethereum, you're probably going to have to pay over $100 in order to do so, as opposed to paying, what, 0.001 XRP, which right now is less than a penny. Right. So as you can imagine, if you're a bank and you're used to having, like, if you've ever sent a wire transfer. um, Well, I think a good, which most people probably have is like the Venmos or Cash App or something like they usually say you can, you know, collect your money in three to four days or whatever, or you can instantly get it and they'll take off like a, a fee, which basically means they'll take a liquidity pool that they have for money and just pay you out immediately because they know that the money's there and they'll just wait for it to clear and then take their money. So um, it, I guess it would be something similar to that where you're just not ever waiting for that transition period of like, oh, my money's pending. I can't not that you can't use it because even your banks will let you use pending money. But. Um, you know, it's just not there. It's not really there yet. Yeah. Like it might be pending in your bank account and maybe you can use it. Maybe you can't, it kind of depends on your bank. But if you have to take money from one bank to another, like let's say cash app to mm-hmm. your bank account, Venmo mm-hmm. to your bank account pay, or, or from your bank account to PayPal, um, you know, it's going to take days. And every time I use legacy finance like that, I'm reminded it's, it's, it's a cold, painful reminder of how powerful xrp is and why it's so important and then when you look at the past 10 months and all of the dirt that's been uncovered through this court case through the xrp community which is and their lawyers (laughs) and their yeah yeah and and our lawyers yeah i mean because i guess it's it's important to make sure that like because at this point, we, you know, we don't have, I have my mask on, but not the tinfoil hat. So, you know, I, I don't want to kind of drift into anywhere where we're kind of making it seem like we're just making all this shit up. Like, this is all really happening right now, live, and people can kind of go and look into it for themselves and see. Like, this, oh, is, yeah. on, this is on, like, Wall Street Journal and Forbes and, like... Forbes has released, Forbes has published a bunch of articles throughout the court case about it. And most recently, it started to it's it's beginning to get picked up on um, on Fox mm-hmm. because Charlie Gasparino, who is I guess like one of the Fox business people, um, he's had uh, Big Brain Brad Garlinghouse on the show a couple mm-hmm. of times, and it's finally starting to get the mainstream media coverage because. Um, of all of the dirt that's been uncovered right through this because uh shortly after leaving the uh, shortly after filing the lawsuit and then leaving the SEC the the following day uh former SEC chairman Jay Clayton went to go join some big company that deals with bitcoin and ethereum and it all comes back to this speech that uh, one of the other SEC guys, uh, William Hinman, gave in 2018, where he basically said that Ethereum was not a security, which means that essentially they gave Ethereum a free pass and declared it not a security. The controversy is that William Hinman says, in retrospect, 
that that was not the official position of the SEC. That was just his own personal opinion. Right. Um, but we found out. Was it a mandate? <laughs> I don't know if he dates men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. I deserve that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're trying to say it was not a mandate, not an official position. It was just his own personal opinion. But we've seen plenty of clips where he had appeared on, you know, whatever, or some other mainstream media outlet where he where he talks about that speech and he specifically uses the He's, term we. Yeah. Well, who the fuck is we? Right. If it's just you and it's your personal opinion. Then you would say I. You would say I and behind you. They, they would not, you know, I feel like. I have to check the tapes, but the video exists and you can watch the video and you can, and it's like the third sentence he says, and he's like, we blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And they introduce him. You know, it's not like Bill Hinman, you know, it's like Bill Hinman, SEC guy. Right. You know, like how is any, I mean, I didn't see, you know, I wasn't paying attention at the right. time. Right. But it's like, how could you not see that? And and think, oh, well, this is just, you know, what this guy thinks. It's right. not, you know, it, like he's, he's billed well, at this crypto conference as William Hinman, SEC dude. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, like, let's say you go to a, a an event and Ronald McDonald there is pushing hamburgers. You're not going to be like, well, is the deal that he's telling me about or information he's telling me about false? Like, he clearly is a McDonald's guy. Yeah. So if he's like, oh, go, and go to McDonald's, get some burgers. And you go there and they don't, they have tacos. And you're like, well, Ronald told me to get some burgers. You're like, well, that wasn't the official position of uh, McDonald's. That was just that was just Ronald's Ronald McDonald. Yeah, right. That's just what Ronald McDonald wants. Right. Yeah. Which we don't have. So here's your ta- you could get tacos or burritos. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, Ronald. Oh, he didn't know. Yeah. He doesn't represent McDonald's. No. His he was just there was- under you know that capacity. He gets paid by that company or that uh, branch. And he appeared with his full credentials. It's not even like he was off the record. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, well, but his last name is McDonald. And, and they're just like, no, it doesn't matter. No. <laughs> Did you go to his Twitter? <laughs> all these, all, all thoughts are, exp- you know, my own or whatever. Exactly. That's what he has. That's, that's their, that's their big defense. Um, so there's like multiple layers to the case. It's like, is it a security? Is it not a security? Like, did they give them fair notice? Did they not give them fair notice? I mean, I think honestly, like, I think eight years is enough to like let somebody know, right? If they're doing something wrong, especially if they ask relatively, re- like, yeah, often. if they ask, like, hey, who is it? It's Ripple. Mm-hmm. Hey, we just wanted to know like where we stand, right? Yeah. Like imagine being in a relationship for eight years with somebody that's just never committed to like actually telling you what your status is in the relationship, <laughs> but still kind of expects you to like not only know what the status is, but like if you screw up, they're gonna like you know you're you're going down. It's like that, yeah. It, it's so weird, right? Like, yes, exactly. It's like being in in this sort of limbo relationship with somebody that has all of these unspoken expectations. And then getting mad at you when you don't fulfill their expectations that they never communicated in the first place, even though you asked, right? Right. Like, if you consistently ask, and then they're just like, you know, they try to play out coy, like, oh, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Let's just go out to dinner and we'll talk about it later. Yeah. 
you know, you know, but, and it, it's like they're, you know, they have so many conferences that somebody from Ripple and somebody from the SEC is at. And it's like they know each other. Mm-hmm. They clearly know each other. Even this week, big, big money Brad Garlinghouse is uh, it was like the DC FinTech conference. And it's like he it's like there's like dozens of speakers. Right. He's one the CEO of Ripple, Brad Garlinghouse is 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 you know, he's he's on the the, the, the card, he's on the panel or at the conference, featured speaker, and you know who else is there? SC current SEC chairman Gary Gensler. Wow. And it's like now, I mean the blow up you're referring yeah. to, you know, he actually calls out Gary Gensler by name. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh yeah, like you know, we keep asking Gary, and we even ask him what he thinks about Ethereum. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about how, well, you know, XRP doesn't, t- you know, uses a fraction of the energy resources that Ethereum does, which is true. And then he throws it, you know, back to Gary Gensler. And he says, well, you know, Gary Gensler, this like climate change is one of his big agendas, which it is, obviously, because... You know, climate change being a big focus of the agenda, you would think that a digital asset that can, can I interrupt it. you for a second? Yeah, Gutex. Well, I apologize. I don't want to give the impression that um, being concerned about the environment and the supposed kind of like speculative agenda that people have surrounding it are like I feel like two different things and. Um, when you look at it from like an energy consumption, like everything that that happens or people talk about when it comes to like Bitcoin or any other kind of cryptocurrency, like costing uh, like energy or resources, like that's that's a, something you can actually go look up and see exactly what that amount is, right? Like like this is a, a an astronomical amount of power being used now by a lot of people to you know either mine cryptocurrency or just you know do certain transactions with a lot of these other older. Uh, less optimized um, cryptocurrency tokens, right? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, if we're going to, as the SEC or the government or as the agenda pushers, if we're going to push this narrative that this is all of a sudden like a huge concern, then you shouldn't be able to have it both ways. And, um, give the green light to a project like ethereum while uh simul- while also suing ripple for selling an quote unquote unregistered security because if the agenda if the climate change agenda is such a big deal if the energy consumption of mining uh mining ethereum and mining bitcoin is such a big deal if though if then then xrp is a fine solution to that entire problem. As does, X, are, does XRP have to be mined? No, there the XRP. There was no. It, it was like I guess it was like pre-mined. Mm. And the the XRP ledger, which is the distributed ledger that the XRP token lives on, was created before Ripple, the company. So it, it's like an existing currency that kind of. A company used as like, oh wow, we like this technology. Let's build our platform off of it and kind of use it as the the focus. Yes, gotcha. Okay. The, the, so the, they're actually not connected in any like 
real way other than the fact that they used the currency as their way of kind of building out their their platform yeah i mean i believe that the three creators of the xrp ledger which i think is i think it's chris larson jen mccaleb who went off to found stellar and this other dude artho brito um they were the guys who made the xrp ledger which at the time was called OpenCoin. And then later on formed the company Ripple that uses XRP as the main and the XRP ledger as okay. sort of like the main way that they are facilitating cross-border transactions for big financial institutions such as banks and now central banks. Right. So, and that's a a, a, a whole different, that that's a big contrast to... Ethereum, because as we found out over the past couple months, uh, I didn't know this, but Ethereum did all the things that you need to do to be classified as a security. They raised money. Um, it was something like 2000, you could get 2000 uh, when they were raising money to before the project was built, they, you would get like 2000 Ethereum for one Bitcoin which was back in the um, in the early, I think it was like 2014-ish, mm-hmm. something like that. So they raised money like that, which is definitely how you get declared an unregistered security. Right. But at some point, either William Hinman from the SEC or the SEC as a whole, they would say it was just his opinion. They, you know, he's like, well, Ethereum at this point is now decentralized enough for it to not be considered a security. So that's where, but that's not, that only applies to Ethereum. Uh, it applies to Ethereum and it applies to Bitcoin, Bitcoin right. because the mysterious creator of creator or creators of Bitcoin, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto are, you know, nobody knows who, there's nobody to blame. There's or nobody sue. to blame. Whereas, you could definitely sue the existing Ethereum foundation. You 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 could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but through this lawsuit and because of the tremendous amount of research that the XRP community has done to uncover all this dirt, not just about the SEC's shady dealings, but also about, you know, sort of the history of Ethereum, which I didn't I didn't know that was a thing. Right. Um, so a lot is, <laughs> a lot has come to light. And so now we're kind of in this holding pattern where either the case is going to go to trial, uh, even though the, I think the SEC is like fi- filing an extension to drag the shit out even longer. Right. And so it's either going, they're either going to settle in which case the SEC will have to make an official decision because you know, big Brad, big brain Brad Garlinghouse is not going to settle unless they get an official ruling. Right. And neither will Ripple, the company, because Ripple's got, I mean, both of these guys got like super deep pockets yeah. and have. They, they definitely have the time and money to just sit there and be like, all right, if you want to go stay in court, we'll stay in court. And as somebody, I mean, you know, we've been following this case since, since, you know, since day one. Right. Um. And at every turn, it just looks like Ripple consistently just just beats the shit out of the SEC 
with every single hearing well, and every single motion that they try not, to file. It's not to get uh, off track, but um, from my understanding, the Ripple legal team is actually kind of like the original dream team in basketball, right? <laughs> like to a degree. Yeah, I mean, they have, like, former SEC people. They have, you know, former, like, treasury people, I guess. I don't know. It's like government bureaucracy is is like a revolving door, right, where people go, you know, they'll go to high positions of power within the government, and then they'll leave, and then they'll join some sort of private company mm -hmm. that takes advantage of their existing relationships within the government, kind of like what Jay Clayton did. Right, correct. And but Ripple has got it's not just they got the dream legal team, they also have like very key people, like for example, uh Rosie Rios. Right. Um she was the former tre US treasurer. I believe so. Yeah. It's not on every single Well, it's it's on a lot of the more recently one uh I would say within the last two or three years, probably. If you have cash in your pocket right now you should pull it out and look and see who see whose name is on the money because it's not every single bill i don't remember when she was in when she's not in but i remember i had this conversation with somebody and she pulled out like the first bill didn't have rosie rios so on it and I, the second one did. We we I have verified this. So she okay. was the uh, the forty third treasurer of okay. the United States of America, and she was in office from August sixth of two thousand and nine to July eleventh of two thousand and sixteen. So her name is on actually a lot of money if you really think about it. So for seven years, her name was on the money, the United States money, not like. I don't know. Not monopoly. I mean, it is monopoly money. Now it but, is. But official monopoly money. This, right. this is like U.S. like currency. Correct. Her what, name is on it. Yeah. When you when you look up for that barcode, you can actually look over and probably see her name. You can yes. And now she's in. Uh, now she works for Ripple. I mean, that was enough. I mean, I was already in. But if I wasn't in. That probably would have been enough to, like, get me in. Right. <sighs> yeah. So um, now either the case is going to get settled or it's going to go to trial. Personally, I think it's going to get I think it's going to drag out until summer of next year. Yeah. Summer of 2022. Mm -hmm. um, because. XRP is the only crypto in the top 10 that at this point has not made a new all-time high. The all-time high was somewhere around like $3.40 in early 2018. And the highest that it's gotten since then is just under $2, which was in spring. All the other cryptos in the top 10 have made new all-time highs, including Bitcoin, which got up past its previous all-time high of like 63,000 and change now to like 64,000 and change. It's, it's a big day for I guess it's a big day for crypto. I don't know. Well, you know, I think what is it didn't they uh just launch the Bitcoin ETF or whatever as well, yeah. which kind of had I'm not saying it's the direct result or reason, but I'm sure that helped. 
to a degree. Yeah. Just because of like the, uh, the visibility of the brand now. Yeah. So now, uh, essentially Bitcoin is listed on the stock market, not directly, but through this ETF, which is an exchange exchange traded fund. And, uh, coincidentally, when it made its previous all-time high of 63,000, which was earlier this year, was the day that Coinbase went public. Hmm, interesting. And then after that, it tanked. So I expect Bitcoin yeah. to have a huge correction very soon. Yeah, well, I mean, most of the people that have Bitcoin are waiting for it to get up there so that they can sell at a higher price. Yeah, and it, I'm sure it will. I'm, you know, I think it's going to keep going i don't think but but because here's the thing we have yet to really start to see the mainstream media hype machine rolling right. when it comes to uh crypto in this like leg of what appears to be a bull run gotcha because once you start to because because uh in spring it was you know it was like snoop dogs like pushing Doge or Bitcoin, Paris Hilton, and I mean can, Elon I, Musk. To be fair, on the marketing side, Snoop Dogg and Doge is like perfect, isn't it? Of course. Okay, but okay. that's I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's that's a, what it is. It's an indicator, right? Sure, a sell signal, if mm-hmm. you will, right? And that's how you know you could kind of tell that we were kind of reaching a. Um, a peak, a climax, or whatever. Right. And now, you know, you're, st- I mean, I'm seeing Reese Witherspoon post, oh, I'm getting into NFTs, guys. You mm-hmm. know, is like, that, is that how she sounds? Yes. In your brain? In my brain. Okay. Yeah. Good text. Is this going to be now a thing? Like, is your channel like the XRP channel, or is this just kind of like, are we just, because, Because I feel like this it is going to be, be I, I feel like since this isn't something that you can tell a story from the beginning to the end, I feel like there's always going to kind of be um, maybe a part of you that's going to want to share whatever updates are there, even yeah. though you're because like I, I, I to, to the best of my knowledge, um, you know, there, there's a lot more that we have to kind of go over. So I don't, I don't oh, want yeah. to, cause I, mean, I, 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 this is my fault, right? Like this conversation is my fault. So well, I just, I just wanted to make give it clear. people, I just wanted to give people the backstory sure. okay. of why this case is important because mm-hmm. bottom line, me, and I'm sure a lot of other people on the internet mm-hmm. that are holding XRP think this is a huge deal because of the, the amount of money involved, the potential upside right. for XRP. Mm-hmm. Um, is is this financial advice that you're giving out? Hundred percent. This is not financial advice because I am not a financial advisor. Okay, I'm just telling people what. Well, I mean, I you, think you're really reading important. the news out loud at this point. You're you're kind of just. I'm just recapping for people the past ten months. Sure. Okay. And you know, you should definitely do your own research. But in order to do so, you're probably not going to be able to, you know, get accurate get accurate results from Google, as Joe Rogan mentioned uh, the other day, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if you guys missed that one, Joe Rogan was saying that uh, Google is hiding vaccine adverse reactions and that in order to really find what you're looking for when it comes to the Rona, the Vax, or 
in my opinion, any literally anything even mildly controversial, you can't use Google. You should use something like DuckDuckGo. Even RV rentals, if you're trying to go to EDC, you got to use DuckDuckGo, yeah, not Google. I saw, I saw you uh, dealing with that the other day. That was interesting to watch. It, it's interesting because, you know, it, to a, and you know that this, don't take this in any personal way, but like when you hear people talking about how like Google has like this conspiracy of like hiding results and all that, and it kind of starts to sound like smooth brain shit. And then when you literally have somebody with like a computer screen and the two browsers open at the same time and they search for exactly the same thing and getting different results and like shit is like not available. You can't, like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> how how do you properly argue that when the results are kind of in your face, literally? That's why I showed it to you. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and, you know, we weren't looking up, we weren't looking up. It wasn't like we were looking for, like, alien, you know, documents or anything like that, or, like, Roswell right. confidential. I, I typed in Las Vegas RV rental, and the results were dramatically different, wouldn't you say? Because... I would say it it was interesting, like I said, because of the fact of how it was either laid out or like what should be the most popular website or service or whatever you want to call it was it, it was noticeable. I'll say that in yeah. terms of like the location and how easy it was to find and how much it was. It was just it was just weird. I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain it. Weird. Num- I would say, I would recommend everybody try <laughs> try yeah. it at some point. Do it do it with your city RV rental, and you know what I what you know what I showed you was how the top. I basically disregarded the top results, which were ads on mm-hmm. both platforms, which are labeled, which are labeled clearly, which you didn't pick up on at first because you were like, "Oh, why don't you just?" Click well, the first they one? they make sure it's very. Um, well integrated into the interface we'll put it that way well yeah i mean if you haven't run pay-per-click ads on google or facebook or reddit or yeah if you haven't run pay-per-click ads on any of the major platforms then you might not be aware your eyes may not be trained to notice text-based ads within search engines but that doesn't mean the eyes don't see them your eyes definitely see them. And if your first result, if your first instinct is to click on the first search result, whether it's DuckDuckGo or Google, and you don't realize, and you don't see the little, if you don't see the word ad yeah, the label. next to it, if you don't see the label, then you're going to think, then you may not realize that you're clicking right. on an ad. Yeah. And it's okay to click on ads. I click on ads all the fucking time. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that's the point, though. You yeah. know? Well, the point is that the organic search results are wildly different. And on Google, so so on DuckDuckGo, the first organic search result that came up with that search term was like rvshare.com. Mm-hmm. And on Google, there was about the same number of ads, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But um, underneath the first or second um, search result was uh, like the uh, Google Maps search results the google business google maps search results so rv share was organic result number one on google on, on duckduckgo but it was fr- it was fr- um further down it was past it was 
it, it, it was um, below the fold, so to speak. Like right. above the fold is like what you see on the page without needing to scroll down. Right, right, right. RV share was way down. It was still on the first page, but it was way down there. Right. And so if you were just... Well, it, to me, I feel like when you're searching for something in terms of like a service or whatever the case may be, I try... I hardly ever scroll all the way down exactly. to see what the bottom results are. Exactly. And RV share... Not, I mean, this is... First off, the, the show is sponsored by Clown World Dating. It's not sponsored right. by RV share. So but maybe, RV share is like Airbnb for renting RVs. Um, just want to make that clear. We're not... We have no affiliation with uh Yeah, RV. I'm just just telling you just telling you guys what's going on. But uh, but on Google the the first uh, result was like uh El Monte RV or some some like RV specific like a centralized RV specific rental company that rents RVs in multiple states. Mm -hmm. So it was like and it's it, to me it's kind of like interesting that you have a a peer to peer market rental marketplace on DuckDuckGo, but you have a centralized um you know rental service mm -hmm. on google and i have to imagine i don't know this for sure but i'm just guessing that even though th that el monte rvs they probably spent a lot of money with google over the years which even though they're paying for that advertising probably helps their organic search results as well mm-hmm Whereas even though DuckDuckGo, you can run ads on it, you know, I, it, I mean, it's not a, you know, I, I would, I would venture to guess that most people listening to this, all five of you have never even heard of DuckDuckGo, much less used it consistently and change it to your default search search engine on your, the browser your, of your choice. Yeah. On your phone or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would argue that that that's probably the most important. If you take, <laughs> that's the most important takeaway of this whole thing, is to use DuckDuckGo instead of um, instead of Google. And that was not a paid advertisement for DuckDuckGo, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's tremendous. I mean, hey, at least we're not talking about the Bachelorette, right? Because you know, there's people that give a shit about that, I guess. But I guess we'll uh, we'll moving right along, right? Yeah. But um, so I heard you mention something rather interesting, um, mainly because I've attended it before. But um, so you're you're obviously getting an RV because we talked about it for a while. But so this RV is to be going to EDC, right? Yeah. Okay. E uh, I think it's uh, it's. Have you ever been before? This is uh, 25 years of EDC. Is it really? Yeah, because they had to skip last year. Wow, because I of the feel Rona. old. Well, you know, some might say we are old. <laughs> to all the kids out there. Yeah. Uh, I've been, I think my first EDC was like 2012. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't was, gone every year, but I I've gone most of those years. I want to say I went in like 2014. Yeah, 2014 was something a good one. like that. Yeah, I went with a uh, freaking frack. The one I was the ones I was telling you about the other day. Remember? No. The the 
the two girls that I told you about that I was friends with. Huh. I'll tell you later. But yes, I went with them. How was it? It I I so that was obviously my first uh EDC or whatever, but it was really cool how it was just a really huge like venue that had multiple like bands or artists or whatever. So you really kind of weren't just because like most concerts you go and you're kind of like just forced to sit there even if you don't like a certain LA artist. LA or Vegas? Uh, this was in uh on the East Coast. Oh, EDC New York. I would assume so. Yes. Huh. Mm-hmm. I think it was at the Meadowlands, actually. Possibly, oh. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But um, no, yeah, it was. It was really cool to just have like multiple areas to go just check um, shows out. You know, because like they had like the main Coliseum thing, right? And then they had like the outside parking lot had sectioned off for like more, you know, artists and tents and whatever. However, it's set up. Yeah, I mean the the thing is EDC is in. in- 25 years uh edc has grown from just being uh you know it started in los angeles but now i mean there's edc orlando and vegas and um mexico mm-hmm. and it's what is it China. electric daisy carnival or something yeah 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 electric daisy carnival um but edc vegas is the big kahuna um of them all so is it the WrestleMania of EDCs? I would argue that the it Wrestle is the Wrestle Kingdom of, of EDCs. Okay. I I would argue that the holy trinity of festivals for electronic music or dance music or mm-hmm. EDM or whatever you want to call it right. is is EDC Vegas, Ultra in Miami, and Tomorrowland in Belgium. Um I think I think Ultra is the only one that doesn't have the camping option now. Right. But having experienced, and I haven't, well, yeah, Ultra sounded like it was, sounded like it was a borderline disaster last year. I don't actually know what, I don't know. I just remember hearing all this, all these issues of people like getting in and out of the island. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never been. And I haven't been to Tomorrowland because it was always on like it was always like around Evo time, and I'm like, oh well, I guess I yeah. can just never. Right, that's just poor timing at that point. Yeah, yeah. So instead, I would have to settle for EDC Vegas. Like, oh, wait, wait, poor me. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it can't be that bad if you've been going for this long. Oh, so. it's fucking terrible. Yeah. That's why everybody's selling their tickets. Actually, I got the dirt on why people are selling their tickets because never have I ever heard of a vast, an extraordinary amount of EDC tickets going for well below face value. I heard I've seen, well, we got, okay. Me and my buddy got, he got two wristbands for a hundred bucks each. Okay. Is a wristband a ticket? Yeah. A wristband is a ticket. Okay. And nor and retail that shit is 400 bucks. Right. You know, so people are desperate um, to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And so today when I picked up a camp EDC RV pass uh, from, I found it on OfferUp. I met this girl up in uh, downtown at a Starbucks. Okay. And, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, like what happened? You, you changed your mind? You don't want to go? Because like there's EDC you know, general admission and yeah. then there's camp EDC. 
And so Camp EDC is where if you're camping, you can go after the festival's over. So mm-hmm. instead of having... It's like to- a mini town that sets up after the show for yeah. people that are just staying exactly. over the couple of days or whatever it is there. Because prior to 2019, or sorry, prior to 2018, um, in a pre-camp EDC era, you would have to go all the way back to your hotel on the Strip or mm-hmm. you know wherever you're staying. Right. And... My calculations over the years is basically two hours getting there and two hours back. So you're talking four hours a day times three days. So a full 12 hours just sitting in the car or sitting on the shuttle or whatever. In transit. In transit. And it it sucks. It's just amazingly inefficient right for sure and that's why camp edc is so so good so that's successful for them then i mean i well here's the thing it was hard to get because within camp edc you have the um they provide what's called shift pods which are basically like a pre-pitched little mini dome tent right and when you it's like little FEMA camp houses. Yeah. If 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 yeah, but in like the v, the nice section of of the FEMA camp. Right. <laughs> you know gotcha. what I mean? Because of the shitty part of the FEMA yeah. camp. Where they eat real beef. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah not beef made of bugs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um you know, in twenty nineteen, I stayed in one of those mm-hmm. and each one came with a power strip and an AC unit. Oh, that's that's really cool. And it's I think they score. have to have that though, right out here. Like, there's a requirement that you can't like. I don't. I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't know. Care. It I don't just care. let it, them fucking cook. It's the well. Here's the thing. Like, I've been camping at Coachella many times. Right. But with that, you got to bring all your own shit, mm-hmm. and so no shift pod provided. Mm-hmm. No fucking. How AC. much are the shift pods? Uh, I believe they were somewhere between a thousand and fourteen hundred bucks. That's actually really not that bad. It's it's essentially it. what you would spend on a hotel, anyways. Yeah. And how how many people four. does it? Oh, four people. Yeah, yeah, you can easily divide that up. Yeah, it's it it's a no brainer, which is why it was so hard mm-hmm. to try to get camping this late in the game. Mm-hmm. Because and that's why I had to get the RV. Uh, that's why I had to get the RV pass. From this girl, and and that's where she gave me she gave me the heads up because I was like, hey, so what happened? You changed your mind, mm-hmm. uh, you know? Because I'm trying to feel around. I'm like, oh, is this girl trying to scam me? Yeah, you know, am I buying a fucking fake RV pass? Right? Because the the retail it was like four fifty, and she was selling it for two hundred bucks. Oh wow! And she, so she took a it. hit. She took a hit, and she listed it like eleven days ago. You know, wow. and it's she, she start she listed it at five hundred, and now it's down to two hundred. You know, right? right. So she's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm pregnant. (laughs) Damn. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's a good enough reason. I'm like, oh. And so I, you know, I I, I prod her further. I'm like, well. Figuratively. Yes. (laughs) I'm just trying to get the data, you know. Okay. And I'm like, oh, you got pregnant before or after you got the tickets? And she's like, after. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) She's like, I wanted to go. I thought I could go, but I'm doing like three weeks. Yep. Damn. <laughs> she's like, I was gonna take she's like, I was gonna take my husband. He'd never been before. Yeah, and then he shot up the club, got her <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's insane. And so she was telling me, because you know, we had a you know, we had a pretty lengthy conversation, you know, um doing this transaction. And 
she tells me that she tells me that now that the reason why so many people are selling, so many people are selling their EDC tickets for below that that now they're like half of face value or mm-hmm. even less a quarter. They're a bargain now. They're a bargain. Yeah. Because EDC sent out emails to everybody to ask because uh, basically they were they were going to do it in 2020. Obviously, that got canceled just like everything right, else did. Right. But they were going to do it in May of this year, and they postponed it until October. And right after they did that, they sent out emails to everybody who ordered, um, you know, who had wristbands, mm-hmm. and was like, "Hey, do you want to just postpone? You do you want? You know, they were willing to like let people just come in, just go in 2022, or you could just, you know." go in October like mm-hmm. I'm doing. Right. But apparently like so many emails, so many of those emails that I got sent out went into people's spam folder. So oh, people wow. didn't realize. So that- they were not prepared to travel for the event now. Correct. So I guess it was such a blow up that so many people now can't, can't make it. Wow. So like they literally didn't get the memo. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because, like, we moved into the kind of, obviously, electric, uh, electronic society, I should, I should say. But, like, spam ne- mail never changes, you know? I feel like even if you get a card in the mail or whatever, like, you just you don't even pay attention. You throw it out most of the time. I honestly probably have mail in, like, five states that <laughs> it's just sitting there somewhere. 100%. And I don't give a single fuck about it. And the same thing applies to my actual email. Right. So. Who knows what's in there? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know that sucks because you know you paid for the tickets and now you, you really can't go just because of an oversight yeah i mean i'm sure there was other factors because um well i would argue that this was like a strategic error that a lot of these people made because i could see the writing on the wall in spring or like i don't know it was like march yeah. april of, i mean because they canceled it I'm not going to say they canceled last year late, but as soon as they announced it, like I emailed um, front gate tickets or ease. I don't, I don't know who I emailed. All I know was I was like, these motherfuckers are not holding on to my money on, you know, until further notice, right. you know, fuck right. that. Exactly. So I got refunded really early, both on my EDC and my Coachella tickets. Mm-hmm. Cause I was not going to let that rock. I mean, dude, you know, Two tick, two four hundred dollars. I mean, eight hundred bucks is you know is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, at least for me, you know, whatever. We got some big NFT ballers out there. They're like, oh, who cares? Yeah, hold on to it. I'll get to it. Yeah. But for all those people, like, why don't you just put it in the blender and drink it in a shake? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. who cares? Yeah, who cares? Um, but I got refunded, so it was yeah. like, and that's why I'm doing all this shit last minute and benefiting from it for once. Well, if you think about it, yeah, you you got your money back, and now you're getting. A way better experience for almost the same amount of money spent. I I think so because um, I still gotta find a couple of people, maybe. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, hey, it's you know, it's it's EDC, it's Camp EDC, which completes at this point for me, it completes the EDC. So now, experience. but here's the thing, Gutex. Do you, do you feel that with that situation happening with all those tickets? Um, is that going to impact the attendance enough to like where it's not as enjoyable it might as it might have been? Oh, absolutely not. Because <laughs> I mean, it's still all the same artists. It's still all you know all that stuff. I don't even there. know who's playing. I'm just going because it's a fucking blast every time. 
<laughs> you know, like yeah. I, 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 I feel like I feel like EDC probably draws somewhere between two and three hundred thousand people every year. Wow! So if, that's tremendous. You know, if like twenty five percent of those people aren't there, right? That's still a grip of people. It's a it's a grip, and the because you figure even like the locals that are going to be there because there'll be a lot of people locally because now they'll probably be way more local because they can get tickets for cheap yeah you know imagine like being like damn you know the pandemic kind of screwed me up i'm not going to edc this year tickets are 400 bucks and then you go on offer up and you can get them for 75 bucks yeah and you know if you're in (laughs) yeah for people in california there was i saw the best deal in the history i saw the (laughs) What what did Trump say? The best trade deal in the history of trade deals, maybe ever. <laughs> that's that's what this deal was. Damn, you threw Comrade Trump in there. That's right. Damn. All right. He said it best, dude. It's true. He did. But it applied. It, it, it I, applies. Saw, I saw the deal. You saw the deal. But, yeah, I did. What was the deal? I don't remember, but I remember it that was, it was a very low price. I don't know the the exact number, but it was like what was it? You get two eighths, two eighths of medical cannabis. Plus an ED, a general admission EDC wristband for 150 bucks, And yeah. for those that are unfamiliar, like the eighth is going to cost you about 50 bucks anyways. Right. So you had to buy two mm-hmm. and, and the wristband. Yeah. So you're basically getting the wristband for 50 bucks. Yeah. It's funny because all that says to me um, is that there were so many people that got returns that like EDC was probably like trying to figure out any way they possibly could to get these wristbands out or these like tickets. Totally. And they hooked up with literally anybody that they could to get these things sold. And, Hell yeah. I mean, again, profit. Smart, that's that's yeah. good for anybody that's Brilliant. interested in going. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now that's what that's what we call in the business brand synergy. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's true because I mean I, I I'm not gonna make any assumptions or anything, but I would assume that a majority of the people that are going to EDC partake in either cannabis or something else in any way, shape, or form. Probably. So, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, what what a deal if yeah. you could have gotten it, you know? Yeah. And But I think, because I was looking on OfferUp yesterday, right? And I was scrolling, and I'm, oh, man, there was tons of people selling their tickets. Yeah. Uh, but there was only one person selling the the RV pass. Hmm. Which was that, that which lady. Was that girl. Yeah, yeah. which the, she had extenuating circumstances. Right. that's what I told her. I'm like, okay, all right, yeah. I guess you yeah. got a good excuse. Yeah. But everybody name, else. Name your baby Gutex. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, so she, she, um, she said that she was able to sell her... V- Dude, okay. She was going to take her man, her mm-hmm. husband, right. to his first EDC. Her baby daddy. Her baby daddy. To his first EDC, mm-hmm. they had the RV pass and she had VIP. Wow. Yeah. Did she sell that already? She sell she sold VIP, it sounded like relatively early on yeah. to, I guess, a friend of hers. Well, that was Facebook probably once she realized that it wasn't going down, she probably did what you said and like just was like, oh, hell no, I'm not getting stuck with this. And either probably got her money back or, you know, just off the tickets immediately yeah exactly like she took the pregnancy test and then she called yeah. <laughs> she called her over. <laughs> imagine that right like you see the test and you don't even call your man to tell him you're pregnant you're yeah. just calling oh, to get rid of like oh you see he's ruined thanks <laughs> yeah that's hilarious yeah so 
Shout outs to Hannah. I'll have a good, we'll have a good time for you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, so- you, you know, you know, it might be cool. And I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of like creepy, but maybe in another time and place in human history, it would have been solid if like you kind of would have took a lot of like cool pictures and sent it to her. Like, Hey, you know, you couldn't go, but well, there's still know, time. I guess you know? you're right. I guess yeah, you're right. I can still do that. You know? Yeah, I mean, it was like you don't have to put yourself in them, you know, or or you can and just have them like Photoshop, like, hey, we were there, <laughs> you know. You got to send it to that guy that does the uh, internet like pranks, where you're like, hey, can you like Photoshop me like I was at EDC, and he's like, okay, and then like he puts you somewhere else entirely. <laughs> yeah, so that that could be a thing, Gutek. Yeah, so I, I, it looks like it's gonna be pretty good, mm-hmm. and is Rage Against the Machine playing? Shilling in the name of dun, 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 dun. I don't know. Apparently they're they're shilling vaccines now. Are they really? Yeah. That's very unlike them. You would think Are they that- clones now? That would explain a lot. Cause if you think about it, right? You know, I showed you the video of i believe it was the official video of testify by rage against the machine mm-hmm. which is on um album three battle of los angeles right and it was a lot it was a live um version or no 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 it was the official version but yeah. it was a live performance and within it it was actually pretty crazy that album came out i think in the early 2000s or late I, no sorry 99 yeah and at the time i think Bush the second was in office and there was all this stuff. It was, you know, like for those that are too young to remember rage against machine was a very political band that was like very anti-establishment mm-hmm. and very at the time testing for Tibet with all the other people too. Yeah. They did a lot like, of like, uh, philanthropy and benefit yeah, like concerts rock, and you know, shit. like, uh, the type of thing that you would expect a band called rage against the machine to do to do. Yeah. And the machine at the time was the U S war machine right that, with albums like evil empire yes yes <laughs> you know? yes and songs like killing in the name of mm-hmm. and bulls on parade like you know this I, I mean i was telling you the other day like this music is more relevant now argue well just as relevant if not more relevant now than it was back then it just how about this it never lost its relevancy well yeah i mean we've been you know the machine the machine, the evil empire, whatever has, you know, has been cranking the whole time. And at one point, you know, like whatever, after 3.5 or three albums, depending on how you want to count them, like, you know, they called it quits. And then the, the singer, Zach De La Rocha, I don't know. He did like a few solo things, but the rest of the band went on to become a uh, audio slave with uh, Scott Weiland, the uh, former singer of, no, sorry, Chris Cornell. Yeah, who was yeah, the uh, singer of uh, Soundgarden, who then died. Um, mm-hmm. But now, I guess I, I just keep on seeing memes making fun of Rage Against the Machine for literally being part of the machine now. <laughs> right. I mean, we talk about it all the time, Gutex. You either uh, die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Right. Yep. So that's the way it is, and. It's unfortunate that that looks like that's what's happened with Rage Against the Machine. But those songs are still 
timeless and still relevant, especially those videos. It was crazy. They were like, I hadn't seen the video, but they, in the video, they show... You, you weren't watching MTV and seeing that video? I don't Sometimes. remember what, I don't remember seeing videos from that album because oh, really? Battle of Los Angeles was like... I, that, I, that's, I think that's actually their strongest album overall. Um, but I wasn't... I feel like that was kind of in this era where MTV it was, wasn't it was, showing as much music videos. Yeah, they, they, well, you have to remember that was like the TRL era of MTV where like everything was a fucking countdown. Everything was a top list. Everything yeah. was a whatever. And if you weren't in that list, you weren't on TV. Yeah. And they were also like obviously off freedom fighting apparently at some point. Up until whenever, you know, they got cloned or whatever. Because, <laughs> you know, hearing hearing that right now is kind of a little... No, nah, I don't want to say sad, right? Because I don't give, really give a shit. But it's just interesting that I remember what, what you're saying and how political and, and kind of outspoken they were about a lot of shit. Yeah, you just kind dude. of see them roll back. <laughs> GGPO on that shit, you know? Yeah. And, you know, then you see... Because to me, rock music is anti-establishment by nature right like basically by definition well by if you think about it by existence right because it's made to yeah. be played loud and to be obnoxious to people that yeah. you know because like it's a, <laughs> i i don't know if i would really care if like somebody was playing metal really loud next to me you know if anything i might just be like oh shit that's a great song <laughs> you know whatever but well it, if you were 30 years older you might back in the day right right like it's if true. you were if you were already an old man when, you know, sort of at the dawn of metal and punk rock, like in yeah. that, like, let's say late seventies, early eighties era, if you were already old, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, you're right. You know? And that was exactly the point. Mm -hmm. But now you see all these, um, you know, you see quote unquote rock stars that are just um, sort of feeding the machine, right? They're feeding the, the the algorithm of the narrative. And then you compare that to older, like, rock stars of previous generations, right? Eric Clapton, Van Morrison are the ones that came to mind, right? Like, these dudes are old, right? right? Mm -hmm. Eric Clapton gets the vaccine, all vaxxed up, has, you know, significant adverse events, according to him. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I'm not taking this shit. And then, you know, deciding that he's not going to be playing venues that require any of that shit, mm -hmm. you know, going forward. Yeah. And now today, uh, what's his name? Travis Tritt, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Country, Country music guy. Yeah. yeah I, I've never, maybe I mean, I've heard so, his music. I, so I don't know. He, I'm not he, into country. Here's the funny thing about that, right? So I am not personally a country music fan. However, mm -hmm. uh, many moons ago, I did have a relationship with someone who she was a really big um, country fan. And I've definitely heard his music. And as far as I understand, he is really popular in the kind of like country music uh, scene. He's been around for a while from, yeah. to my understanding. I'm so, familiar with the name. I yeah. just, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't follow. But, but yeah, apparently he, he said no mas. He's like, I'm yeah. done. Yeah. He's like, I'll cancel the dates that have that and the rest of them I'll do them. Yep. Yeah, and I I think that that's um, 
admirable. I mean, he said it. He's like, I'm, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play these venues. I'm not going to play these shows that require any vaccination status or any of this shit. Are we slowly uh, kind of doing um, a soft landing into the the twilight zone where we're talking about vaccines and we're talking about all this stuff, or was it just kind of? Is that the twilight zone? It depends on what, you know what side of the coin you are, right? Well, here's the thing. I may not be listening. To, I may not be a country music fan. <laughs> I may not be. Um... Well, Zuby's like that too. I don't know, you know, I mean, he's obviously not on the level of, like, uh, Travis Tritt in terms of, like, uh, notoriety, but, you know, there's a, I feel like there's a lot of uh, celebrity. What's the other guy? Uh, the basketball player, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, maybe? Yeah, Kyrie Irving and the dude, there was another basketball player that was doing his Twitch stream that was talking about how it, you know, he he was talking on a Twitch stream about how he had some adverse reaction to getting vaxxed up and uh, developed blood clots, which basically took him out for the season. Mm. And he talked about it on Twitch and they were, and then they told him afterwards, like, don't talk about that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, people are taking a stand and I, you know, this is just the beginning because by and large, in my opinion, anecdotally, I don't know that I have no data. I just, I think that most Americans are opposed to being like forced to put something in their body that they don't want, or they're opposed to forcing other people to choose between getting vaxxed up and keeping their jobs. Even the ones that let's say have been vaccinated. Right. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, I don't think it's very American yeah. to try to force people into those types of things. Uh, it's tough. And and before I move forward, I just want to say that these are not the views of clown world dating that we're expressing right now. This has nothing to do with them. Uh, we're not speaking for them in any way as our sponsor. But um, I'm pretty sure most of those people on the site would feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the point, Gutex. We're, we're, we're not in the business of uh, putting words in anybody's mouth. Or anything that they want that they don't want, right? Because that's what I guess the point that you're trying to make here is, you know, it's not necessarily uh, um, um, for the good of the team issue when you're still asking somebody to maybe do something that they don't personally want to do. Right. You shouldn't have to choose between your job and taking an experimental injection you just that's just not what historically it's just not what flies in america Mm. and that's why you're seeing things like the southwest airlines uh sick out and you're seeing you know delta and you know and now in and out today in and out burger right taking a stand right Mm -hmm. like they closed these the only I guess the only In-N-Out burger location in San Francisco, mm-hmm. um, the health department shut it down and then In-N-Out puts out, you know, a, a statement saying we're not going to be the vaccine police for any government. 
And I was like, yeah, I am, man, I'm craving some In-N-Out right now. Yeah, you get, what is it, Flying Dutchman or something like that? Yeah, I get down with the Flying Dutchman. Nice. Yeah, just meat and cheese, Mm -hmm. no bun, carbs of the devil. Well, it's interesting because that was the first time I had um, tried that. And, I mean, you know, I've had a hamburger or whatever. But, like, the way it's kind of set up is cool because they just give you your your thing and you just eat it real quick and that's it. It's over. Yeah. But um, Did you like it? Yeah, I, I thought it was relatively good. I had In and Out <laughs> before. Pause, right? Of course, of yeah. course, you've had it before, but yeah. you never had it like that. I've had. I've. <laughs> the, you know what? I'll say the the In and Out has been good to me in the past, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So I, I can't complain. But um, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's it's difficult because I understand the logic behind trying to rally everybody to to kind of help out with a cause but you know unless we're talking about you can't you can't even put that into that context because you know there are other rules against that like in terms of like war and shit like that but you know you you can't take the the pre-existing pillars of kind of a country or a civilization and then like manipulate that just for the sake of like because like I've never seen a situation where people kind of give up their ability to do something and then just get it back once it's over. Like, all right, guys, we finally we're, we're out of the woods. Everything that we told you guys before, dis- disregard. You mean like nine eleven and the Patriot Act? I mean, that was a long time ago, and from what I understand, the Patriot Patriot Act still kind of holds you know water or whatever the case may be. Like, they still have that uh, authority that they used, even though consider. I mean. I, I almost to a degree feel like that program or whatever you want to call it should have ended when bin Laden died and they declared that that whole conflict thing was, you know, that part of it anyway was, was finished. So, I mean, I don't really want to get political. I don't really care that much, but, um, yeah, it seems like the, the more, the more inches you give, the, the more they're going to take. And, and it's just getting to one of those points where like, you know, it, it's not fair, you know, and it, until it kind of affects somebody that, you know, or yourself, most people don't care. Right. And that's why they have those sayings where people usually don't pay attention to anything until it's right on their doorstep. So um, it's just important for people to have a choice. You know, that's that's what everybody fights for at this point It's just to have the choice. Right. There's people that want the choice to exist as who they are, or who they feel they are. There are people that, you know, fight for the choice to, you know, either, uh, I don't want to even use the term abortion, but, you know, there's a lot of women's rights that involve choices. And, you know, you you can't ignore the human aspect of that that part of it, right? Like, regardless of what your gender is or what you identify as or any of those things, there's a certain part of being a human where, like, there should be basic choices that you can have. And if you choose to do something that other people don't agree with, you know, it's one thing to disagree with somebody, but it's another thing to kind of hold their feet to the fire and kind of put them in a position where being themselves or uh, expressing themselves is going to cause that kind of a, an issue. You know, like not imagine not being able to buy food because you didn't do something that everybody feels <laughs> that you should do. I mean, that's how it is in many parts of the world and country right now. Right. Sure. Like, you couldn't go to In-N-Out unless you were vaxxed up in San Francisco. 
I mean, that was that's like the 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 mandate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, you know, to somebody who is not so optimistic yeah. about. I don't know, rights being returned. Yeah. It definitely looks like they're trying to starve us out. <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, if you want to put it that way, you can. But it, it's just, in- <laughs> it reminds me of like um, the the X-Men cartoon from when we were kids. And they like had like against like war against mutants, like mutants are bad. You have to the mutant registration program like all that shit that you see like the kind of mutants going through and not that like obviously that's fiction and whatever you want to call it but you know you you start to see a little bit of the parallels of how easily you know humans can really just like take that left turn on each other at any given moment you know that's i mean that's where we're at sure it's you know because you know more than anybody, Gutex, there's a lot of things that, like, you and I don't necessarily agree on. But, you know, the, obviously there are certain things that I feel like universally everybody should have the freedom of choice. As long as you're not lit- literally hurting people, which I know a lot of people kind of use that as a defense for this situation in terms of, like, you, you know, doing the best for everybody. We're all going to die. Cases. Yeah, I mean... Hundreds of thousands, millions of deaths, right? Right, yeah. Which, listen, that's a tragedy. No matter how you uh, you slice that, a lot of people died. A lot of people that a lot of like everybody. Not I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people know people that were affected by this, you know. And the the ramifications and kind of implications of the last two years, we're probably not going to know what the kind of end game of that all is until probably you know a lot later in the future where we can kind of take a, a step back and look at how that this whole clusterfuck of years has kind of, um, you know, transpired up until that point. Damage society irreparably. Um, me, I mean, you got to remember humans are like roaches. I, I, I don't, I, I would say it would humans take are a, the real a, virus. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I've heard that before. That's not the first time I've heard that, but you know, humans definitely have a way of, making it and pulling through when when it's necessary so um i think that it's just going to take a little bit of time at this point because it's it's what 20 months to slow the spread <laughs> yeah we're 20 we're uh what was that march october so yeah 20 months into 15 days to slow the spread right so how much how much longer will people put up with it? I don't know. I I can't answer that. Yeah, only time will tell. Yeah. But we're start I mean, I think we're seeing the narrative. Do do we know how many people have been vaccinated already? Like what percentage of that is of the people? I don't think anybody really knows. Like Even the actual they'll, number? They'll, I mean... Like, if if you were to, like, search for it right now, do you think you could come up with a number? Here. This or is let's how, try this. this. How, the, the, are this you going to use one Google and one yes. DuckDuckGo? Okay. No, I was just going to look on Google for the official, you know... Yeah, the vaccination number? Yeah, for for, for what the the official narrative is. How many... 
In the U.S., right? Americans yeah. are. Oops. Here we go. How many Americans are vaccinated for COVID nineteen? Result number one. Mm-hmm. Add. Result number two. Add. Result number three. Add. Result number four. Add. Okay, here we go. Now we're getting to it. Vaccinations by location from our world in data, which is a source I'm I know nothing about, but Google trusts it. Well, that's the first recommendation. That's not an ad. Yeah. Okay. And so it's saying percentage of okay doses given four hundred nine million fully vaccinated one hundred eighty nine million. So the percentage of population that's fully vaccinated, according to this, is 57.5%. Of the United States total population. Yes. And the top five most vaccinated states in the country are, in order, California, Texas, Florida, New York, and Pennsylvania. So according to their numbers, 57. 5% of Americans are fully vaccinated. But, so, you know, the asterisk is, you know, that goalpost changes mm-hmm. all the time. Now, do we know what percentage of the population needs to be vaccinated or in some way, shape, or form um, inoculated against COVID-19 for herd immunity to be actually... There's no... You can have herd immunity with no vaccinations. Her, but but they changed the definition. What it, like the original definition to my recollection, you know, early last year was herd immunity was something that we would just get, you know, on our own as a society over time, right. just from more and more people contracting the virus and then antibodies being, you know, stored up over time generated. from yeah. getting sick. Which has been the way that it has happened every year since the beginning of humankind up until last year when we um, released a vaccine for a flu within a 12-month period of it being discovered. Because I don't think that's ever happened before, right? Like, we've never had an answer for a variation of the flu in such a short amount of time in human history. I don't think. I mean, obviously, you can, like fact check that but it sounds accurate to me in this particular case so yeah it was i mean it was pushed out real quick right yeah but was it operation fucking operation warp speed ludicrous speed yeah exactly ludicrous speed go yeah. yeah so so how many people so what you're asking is mm-hmm. how many what number what percentage? What percentage, right? right? Right now it's fifty seven point five percent. What percentage does it need to be in order for this shit to be over? That's what you're saying, right? Right. Well, to where everybody's comfortably like, okay, you've either had COVID and you have the antibodies, or you've been vaccinated. And- but this is just the number of people vaccinated, not the number of people that have antibodies. That's a valid point. But I guess what I'm trying to come to the conclusion of of like. Because you, you told me an interesting story today about um, an interaction you had with someone regarding the um, the safety of the people at the place that you were at. Without getting too, you know, we're obviously not going to go too heavy into the details or anything like that. But there was 
um, you know, a concern in terms of like social distancing, whatever the case may be. And it ended up being something where the only thing you're kind of left with thinking is that if a person or a place or a venue has an entire staff of people that are vaccinated, right? That's like standard, you know, they're, they're following whatever protocols or doing whatever they can to try to like stay ahead of this situation. Um, the entire reason for being vaccinated as uh, an employee that's outward facing or you're dealing with the public is so that no matter who comes through your door, you have not that you're not afraid or whatever, but you have um, a, a reassurance or like a security on your end that like, you know what, I did my di- my due diligence. I went and got vaccinated and I'm protected from a severe version of, you know, the virus that's spreading throughout the world and creating, you know, one of the biggest um, kind of catastrophes in human history financially, <laughs> to be frank. But, um, you know, like th- that's what I thought that that was for, right? Because when you go out and you get a tetanus shot, it's not so that you can tell people to never have a rusty nail around them again. It's so that if you were to, God forbid, step on something or have something happen to you where tetanus is uh, a threat or a possibility, that you're covered, right? Like, that's your shield. That's your bulletproof vest as a cop. So if you have that bulletproof vest, what is the, I guess, the logic behind trying to um, force someone to do something that is not necessary because if you're, you're trying to push out the idea of we're doing this to help everybody or to, um, you know, protect everybody, however you want to phrase it. I don't don't know at this point. Um, I, I just don't get the logic of I'm protected. I protected myself, my family, my friends, my everybody. Why do you care why somebody else might not be vaccinated when they might have even gotten sick already by covid and by all accounts are naturally immune to that virus or have antibodies to the virus because they survived yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i I, I don't know there's no law here's the problem you're trying to apply logic and reason and critical thinking in an area of society which currently none exists. So I don't know. I can't tell you what the logic is because in my mind, it doesn't exist. Because if you actually think about it and you apply, if you apply the same logic as you did to tetanus. Mm-hmm. Um, or rabies. You can, I mean. Sure. Yeah. Rabies. Anything. You don't have, you don't, you don't have the same results or you don't have the same behavior. Right. Well, I mean, it's funny because even if you think about rabies, like rabies is not more severe than COVID, but like to a degree, it has things that like people really want to avoid, you know, like getting a rabies shot is usually like something that is not an emergency, but it's priority. If you get like bit by a wild animal or whatever the case may be, people take that really seriously. But at the same time, you're also not saying everybody needs a rabies shot. Right. To protect themselves from wild animals that may or may not bite them in the wild. 
Yeah. It's almost as though there's something else going on. I, I don't want to, I'm not going to speculate on any of that because I have absolutely no clue. I'm just kind of like thinking out loud in terms of like, because I, I have a pretty good idea of like how you feel about the whole situation. And I know kind of obviously how I feel, but um, it, it's, there's certain things don't add up to me sometimes, I guess. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And for me, it's like, I don't know. I've been paying attention and following very closely the whole thing because at the beginning I thought we were all going to die. And, you know, when, you know, something like, oh, I don't know, vaccine logic, it doesn't really make any sense. You know, something doesn't add up. But when you just, when every single facet of it doesn't add up and it just keeps on not adding up. In fact, the math gets worse and worse <laughs> with every thing are you, that Are pops you saying up. that Steiner's math was better than the math that you were coming up with on this whole situation? Yes. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. So, you know, this is just the latest part that doesn't add up. Mm. But I, I don't think it'll be the last. That's the good news. <laughs> Is it, is it really good? Cause I feel like we're, we're sailing and we've, we've been, I, I feel like we're, you know, like when you're on a boat, right. And you've sailed into dark water and you just didn't realize it. And then you realize that it's not exactly dark water. It's actually the, the Megalodon's mouth, like opening up underneath your boat. That's where we're headed. Hey, I was actually talking about this conversation, but I understand that you applied that to the actual real world scenario out there in, in the real world. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. It actually works out better that way, you know, because one of those takes is absolutely correct and the other one is just right. Yeah. Only time will tell. Right. Time settles all arguments. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to have some time to see if any arguments get settled in these next little I, while. I, I honestly prefer that it doesn't because the implications of that are, I don't know. I have, I have a weird, we talked about this the other day. I have a very weird kind of like perspective after that whole situation. So, um. I hope everybody, all jokes aside, right? Because, like, we all joke, like, you just want to make sure everybody's okay. And you hope that everybody stays healthy. You know, you know, uh, we're not wishing bad on anybody or anything like that. Yeah. So it's, it's all jokes, guys, <laughs> to a degree. You know, not the money part and not the uh, the other stuff, but, like, some of it was funny. <laughs> some of it was a joke. You figure that part out. <laughs> That's your homework, kids. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Shout out to Clown World Dating. Yeah. Um, Hopefully we can get an, an actual guest on the show next time. So I don't, I don't have to don the mask anymore. <laughs> what's the saying? Nobody cares. I don't have a good Bane impression. You don't have a Bane impression? I think it's, um, it's like, no one gave a... I don't know. He was like, no one, no one cared who no one we are. Cared about who I was until, until I put, I put on, mask. on the mask. Yeah. So we had to. We have. We would have to call Li Joe to do it because he can do the the Bane voice. He has a really good Bane. Oh, voice. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Maybe we can get him to send us a uh, like a soundbite. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. All right, hit him up. Li Joe, can you please send? Li Joe does not listen to this show. Trust me. I'm not saying he he does. Yeah, maybe maybe one of the five viewers. Yeah. Okay. You know, or listeners, right? I, I would. I would enjoy hearing that. Yeah, for sure. He's done it before. I know that there has to be a video that exists somewhere. Really? Yeah. All right. I wouldn't doubt it. If not, then he I would I want totally. a custom one. Maybe he should do a cameo, right? Like, we can get him to do a cameo. Yeah, I want a custom one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah. Leave a uh, comment or a review or a rating or whatever on the uh, whatever you're listening on. Just not YouTube because it's clearly never going <laughs> to. Whatever you get to it, right, Gutex? One day you'll maybe. Well, here's the upload. thing. What if I put up the first one soon before EDC? Okay. And then this one is already available if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or mm-hmm. Google Podcasts. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, right, of course. Yeah. So I mean, sure. Because here's the thing. What do you think is gonna what do you think is gonna last longest? The YouTube channel with you know owned by Google by um hide the search results Google or uh, you know a very simple RSS feed that could be subscribed to in any podcast player. Ooh, text, you are the expert, man. Whatever whatever you say, this is this is your show. It's called what is this show called? The Gutex show. So then what does that mean? Uh, it means I'm controlling the distribution. Right. Unlike Christina at the bar we were at the other night, who thought she was in charge. She thought she was in charge. She was not Wrong. in charge. So, yeah. I mean, whatever you think is best, man. All right. Well, whatever. It's a work in progress. We'll figure it out. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Later.